online you can't feel it, or maybe you can, but there's a great spirit of expectancy tonight. Amen? Let's give the youth a hand on these front rows tonight. Amen? Looking good. Looks like you're kind of separated by ages a little bit. Amen. Get your Bibles open to Psalms around the 100th chapter. I want to talk about God's divine protection tonight. Amen? How many realize how much God protects us? I think that we do, but at the same time, a lot of times we don't really realize how much God protects us. You know, I was just thinking um, how, how things can happen in an instant and in a second, and, and things can be different than they are right now with, if things turn a different way. Just after our, our meeting Saturday night, Braden got in a horrible accident and, and totaled his truck and and if you see the pictures of it, you, you would be amazed that he walked away with no scratches, no, no uh, injuries, a little bit of a headache, but a miracle. He flipped in that thing, went off the freeway, all kinds of horrible things happened. How many thank God for that miracle, amen, that God saved him, protected him, God's angels were around him, amen, and that call that you get as parents I, is a scary call, amen, but thank God we have a God that protects us. I remember in Costa Rica, and, and, and this is just a story. How many got lots of stories of the times God's protected you? I remember us being, this is one of those moments where they say and we say our life flashed before us. This was one of those moments where it was kind of a, a, a very fast thing, but at the same time slow because of the way it happened. We were um, with our kids' ministry. This is before we even became part of Victory World Outreach and started pastoring. And we were, we were at our first place we ever started the ministry at, and we had a big 55-passenger bus that we would take out to our, our ministry sites. And our, so we would meet at our offices in the morning. All of our volunteers would come. We'd all get in the bus. We'd have our sound equipment and all this stuff for the kids, and we'd go out and, and uh, park that in these neighborhoods and then uh, do the ministry. So this particular day, we all packed up. We were out there for a couple hours, and we all got in the bus. And everybody's sitting down, and we're, we're about to leave, and the bus is at the top of a hill. It's a big old open lot, like you could just picture out behind you, just open. But there was a hill going down. And so we would always park the bus at the top, and then we would go down this hill. And then down at the bottom of the first hill, there'd be another turn and another really, really long hill with a whole bunch of houses on both sides. And so we got in, and all of a sudden, when, when the man started the bus... That thing started to go, and that wasn't, that wasn't a, no big deal. But what happened was so, he, somebody had left it in gear when he started the bus. And if you've ever driven a thing with, with, with gears, when you turn it on and it's in gear, it goes. And so when he did that, the brakes locked. And so we began to go down a hill with about 30 people and all kinds of sound equipment with no brakes. And, and I say slow because the, the bus wasn't going very fast yet. But how many know it doesn't take long for a bus to start picking up some speed? And, and people start freaking out. He's, I'm, I'm freaking out more than anybody because I'm in the front near him, and he's slamming on the brakes, and nothing's happening. And right in front of us is the end of that street and a big drop-off. So we start getting down there, and he starts trying to turn the bus. And how many know that if things aren't working correctly, neither is the power steering? And he's trying to turn that thing, and it's not turning. 
And so, I mean, we're just literally thinking, this, this is it. This is, you know, those moments where you think this is it. This is the day. And it, somehow, miraculously, God's divine protection, we get to the end of that hill. There's no way that bus could have turned, but somehow the bus turned. And then, as we got that past that first going off that hill, now, now we're going down another street of about 20 or 30 houses on each side, steep hill, and more houses at the end. And as we're going down that hill, he's trying to navigate the bus side to side to try to keep us from, from going, you know, slow us down, but also not run into houses. And at one point, that bus went up on, literally on two wheels on the side. And all this is happening, things flying around the bus, people, you know, some of the people are falling out of their seats, and people are screaming, and I can only explain it a little bit, amen, a movie would do better. And somehow, by the God, grace of God, that bus stopped literally feet from hitting a house at the bottom of the hill. And we all got out and kissed the ground, amen, and thank God. And like I said, I fall short on explaining you how scary it was. But how many know there's lots of moments like that in your life where, where the devil wanted to take you out? Well, I want you to look at the person next to you, and those that are watching online, I want you to say this to somebody that's by you. God has you under his mighty hands. And nothing's going to happen to you. Amen. One more thing. You are under God's divine protection. Psalm 121. I want to give you some verses tonight. And actually, before we put the Psalms up, see that picture? Isn't that a great picture? Now, that is, this is, inter- this is important to understand. That is God's protection, okay, from danger. But that doesn't mean that we live, wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a bubble? And nothing bad ever happened to us. Wouldn't that be nice? Because that, that would be that, that Braden doesn't get in that accident at all. That's the divine bubble. There's no accident at all. God takes us through things. That would have been that bus not going down that hill that way if we lived in a divine bubble. I'll, I'll never forget my pastor telling me we don't live in a divine bubble. How many know we don't live in a divine bubble? Meaning we live in a real world with real problems. Real fears, real situations, real threats. But the protection of God, you can look at your life like that because nothing can attack you that God does not allow. And so there's a, there's a peace in that, and that's what I want you to know tonight. As, you, as we go, how many know this would have been a good message at the beginning of last year? Amen? If we knew we were, what we were facing coming into. But how many know, and I'm not prophesying this, how many know it's a new year and there's going to be new problems? There's going to be new problems. We live in a world of problems. We live in a world that's got issues. And, and like I said Sunday morning in that series we started, it's not going to get better till we get to heaven. Things are going to continue to happen, but we don't have to live in fear. It is not God's will for us to live in fear. Psalm 121, verses 5 to 8. This is the New Living Translation. How many could just read some Bible tonight? Amen. Get some word in you. Watch this. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Isn't that a powerful word? Do you believe that tonight? God is watching over us. He's, he's on guard right now. And not only him, but he has angels that he sends out. 
and, and, and protect us. We, we pray for protection. And when we pray, here's some things we should always pray in the mornings. We should always pray for protection for our families. Amen. Get that in your vocabulary of prayer. I always pray, and I learned that from my dad. I always pray over my children. I pray over my wife. I pray over you as a church. I pray over protection, going and coming to work, driving the vehicles. I pray that the blood of Jesus would protect us and that his angels would encamp around us. Amen? And that nothing dangerous can happen to us. And those are the kind of prayers that keep people safe in danger. Amen? Psalms 91. Most of us know the beginning of this psalm. It's some, some people's favorite psalm. But down ver- around verse 10 it says, No evil will conquer you. Now, just think about this right here. Did it say no evil will ever happen to you? We know we got to learn that, the, that, that, that there's, a, there's a wording we have to understand as children of God. We are God's children, but again, we don't live in a divine bubble. So evil is going to come. Evil is going to attack. But it says evil will not conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Amen. For he will order, look at this, he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. God says, go, angels, and protect that vehicle that night. Go protect that bus. Go protect that family. Go protect that house. And he sends down his angels to protect us. But how many know we've got to pray and ask God for his protection? Amen. That's our job is to ask God and to speak his word. One of the things that you can do tonight, church, is learn to speak God's word. Learn to read his word and read it to him. You can be praying in the morning and you can say, Lord, you can make it personal. Lord, I know that no evil will conquer me. No plague will come near my home because you will order your angels to protect me wherever I go. How powerful is that to speak God's word? Amen? To speak his word. His word is powerful, but when we activate it with faith, now now I'm not just reading it, but I'm believing it. And I'm speaking it into life. And I'm saying, Lord, I know that this says this, but I'm, I'm asking this to be evident in my life tonight. Now watch this, Isaiah 54, 17. New King James Version. No weapon, this is very similar to the one we just read. No weapon formed against you shall, what? But it does not say that a weapon will not be formed. Those guns of destruction can be up against you. That the enemy can have, it, have its darts pulled back to kill you or destroy you. It does not say there will not be a weapon formed. And I want to give you an, a revelation tonight. If we could see... In the spiritual realm, we would all die for fear. Do you realize that? If you could see in your spiritual eyes what is happening sometimes, we would probably never leave our house. If we could see what, is, what comes against us, if we could see the things that God protects us from, if we could see in the spiritual realm the demonic activity, and, and, and have, God forbid the demonic activity sometimes we welcome into our lives. Amen. Well, we, we, well there's enough of it as it is. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not going to chase a rabbit or anything. Amen. But how many know there's enough d- bad stuff out there without us welcoming those spirits into our lives? 
But those things are going those attacks are going to happen no matter what. We just got to realize that there's a reason why the Bible says to put on the full armor of God. Amen. We're supposed to put on that full armor every day because we're going to fight battles every day. Now, it's not like we go out looking for it. You don't have to go look for it. It's going to look for you. If you're serving God, it's going to look for you. The devil's mad. He's not happy. When a church prays and fasts, when a church seeks the will of God, when a church wants to outreach and witness and do the, the right things, the devil's going to get mad. But it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I, I, I've got to stay there for a second because you've got to understand that. Some people get upset at God and they say, God, you didn't protect me. You, or you, you allowed that to happen. Or, or how come these people hate me? Or how come this, this letter came in the mail? It doesn't say you're not going to have bad things come at you. It says it's not going to prosper against you. It's not going to prosper against you. You can get a letter of eviction. You can get a thing in the mail. You can get all these different things that can happen. All these threats can happen. But he says no weapon's going to form or not going to form. It's not going to prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. See, we're not talking about us protecting each other. That's great. I'm talking about God's divine protection. Do you believe that there is no protection of God that the devil can penetrate? Do you believe that? There is no strategy of the devil that can be fulfilled in your life over, the, over God because there is no power in hell that can defeat God. Nothing. There's nothing greater, nothing stronger. God is the ultimate force. How many know there are some things that, that could scare us? There are some things that are out there that are ugly, they're bad, but we got to understand God is above everything. We're not, we're not just serving a God. We're serving the God. We're serving the King. We're serving the Lord. We're serving the Master. We're serving the ruler of this world. Amen. And all principalities and all powers are under His authority in the name of Jesus. So we need to exercise the power of God that we have and understand that we will not walk by... That's why He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He didn't say, if I happen to pass through, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You've got to get an understanding of a warrior mentality is you're going to have fights. But they're not physical. They're spiritual. Amen. Psalms 34, verse 7. New Living Translation. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds now, now, you might be thinking, how, how do I get him to protect me? It says he surrounds all those who fear him. When you have the fear of the Lord, not fear of man. See, a lot of us have fear in the wrong place. We're afraid of what man can do to us. We're afraid of what the government can do to us. We're afraid what things can happen to us. But God says, if you'll fear me, I'll protect you. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Amen. How many have the fear of the Lord tonight in this place? Not the fear of man. Not the fear of what a man. Matter of fact, Jesus said, don't fear man. 
Don't be afraid of what man can do to you. Don't be afraid of what a virus can do to you. Don't be afraid of what taxes can do to you or, 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 or army can do to you. Be afraid, he said, of the one who can send your soul to hell. And let me know we're on the right side of that tonight because we've put Jesus as Lord and Redeemer and Restorer. Proverbs 1.33 says, Whoever listens to me will dwell safely. How many are listening to the Lord tonight? Not, not, not to the news. Not, not to the forecast. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. See, this is about trust tonight. Our trust is not in us. Our trust is not in our power or our strength. Our trust is in God. God, you've got this. How many, how many want to live that kind of life where you're exercising that faith and trust in God? You're not afraid. You're not worried. And when fear comes, you push it aside and you say, I'm not going to think that way because God's got this. Now, how many know sometimes we can be in a service like tonight and we can say that, we can believe it, we can claim it, but tomorrow something might be waiting outside the doorstep for us. That, that's what we've got to understand. We, we don't live by what we see. We live by faith. Why, why do so many people get saved and then not make it for God? Because the seed that was in them when they got saved gets pulled up or gets scorched by fire or gets stolen by the enemy, and they go out on a, on a Thursday morning or a Monday morning after getting saved in church, and, and all hell breaks loose, and they think, that, they think they were going to walk on a golden road to heaven. They didn't think they were ever going to have any problems. And then problems begin to happen, and they think, I'm doing something wrong, or I, God must not be real. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We live in a real world, not in a divine bubble. That's another reason we're so looking forward to going home, where we will be in that divine bubble. We can graduate to that. Can you say amen? We do have something to look forward to. Is anybody in here thankful that when we get to heaven, this isn't going to start over again? Is anybody thankful for that? We don't have to start. Man, how sad is it those people that believe in reincarnation? Why in the world would you want to come back and do it again? Are you kidding me? Especially as some animal, like they say. I don't want to do this again. I want to graduate. It's like going back to elementary school again. You want to go to junior high. And then you want, you want to go to high school. But why are you going to, the, you don't, you're going to those things? Because you want to get out. Eventually, you want to get out of school. And then you got wonderful, crazy people like these awesome teachers in our, in our church that go back to school and teach. Thank God for them. Amen. But how many get what I'm saying? We're going to get out of this. We have something to look forward to. But right now, until we graduate heaven, we're going to be in real situations. I want you to look at Psalms 112. Watch this. No matter how, if you're taking notes, no matter how bad a situation may seem, we still trust in the Lord. You know how far you could go with God if you would just make that decision? No matter how bad things get, I'm trusting God. You've heard me quote this before we read this verse. You've heard me quote this a million times, and some things are worth quoting a million times. Job said, though you slay me, I'll trust you. I always tell you, if, you, if you're going through some struggles tonight, go read the book of Job. 
just go read the first couple chapters. And you're gonna, the sun is going to shine on your storm. Because you're going to realize your life is really good. Am, am I telling the truth? Maybe some of you haven't, in, you haven't read Job. Go read Job tonight. That problem you're facing is going to minimize. It's going to seem small. It says, light shines in the darkness for the godly. What a great word. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. Now stay there for a second. If he says the light will shine in the darkness, that means we're going to go through some dark times. Amen. God did not promise us that we wouldn't go through dark times. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David had a revelation. I'm going to go through some evil times. I'm going to go through the shadow of death sometimes. I'm going to face fear head on sometimes. I'm going to go through things I don't understand sometimes. But he had an attitude. Though I go through those things, I will fear no evil. Because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Because God's in control. I'm telling you, someone's going to get a revelation of this. It'll change your life when you stop letting fear dictate your life. And you start saying, God's in control no matter what. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. You missed a good spot to say amen right there. But I guess because I mentioned money, we all shut up, huh, Dwayne? That's how it gets at offering time. And conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. Watch this. They do not fear bad news. They don't fear bad news. Do we, should, we, should we as Christians freak out every time bad news comes on the news? We'd be freaked out all the time. I haven't seen any good news. Amen. They don't put good news on the, on, the, on, the, on the news. It's all bad. So he says they don't fear bad news because they confidently trust the Lord to care for them. Amen. Do you confidently trust the Lord tonight? Is he your source? Is he your protection? Do you believe he's in control? Do you believe that things could get real bad? And you can still say, God, you got this. See, as I'm talking about God's divine protection, this isn't us just, that's a great picture. It's not just us standing with our pockets going, God, you got this and not, not doing our part. We have to express faith. All we got to do is express faith. And God will protect us. But we have to express faith because he says, faith is the only way you can please God. So if God is the only way that we can please God is through faith, how many know God's going to have to let our faith be tested for him to be pleased? If everything's always good, if there's never a struggle and there's never a problem, we can't prove our faith and God can't be pleased. What if we looked at the struggle and the situation like an opportunity to prove that God is big and real and for him to realize that he can be pleased through our faith? What if you started looking at your situation like that? Amen? Nahum chapter 1 verse 7, New Living Translation, the Lord is good. Is anybody seeing, seeing a pattern here? The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. 
He, clo- he is close to those who trust in him. See, all these verses are telling us that we're going to go through struggles. Have, you, have I read a verse yet that says nothing's ever going to happen to you? Everything's going to be perfect. You're going to have everything your way. That's not what these, Bible, these verses are saying. They're saying you're going to have trouble, struggles. You're going to go through darkness. You're going to have problems, but I'm going to be light. I'm going to give you a way out. I'm going to be a strong refuge. I'm going to be uh, your answer. I'm going to be your guard. You're going to dwell safely. You're going to be secure. But he's not saying we're not going to go through problems. We're going to go through problems. Jesus said, many. Somebody say that word, many. As he was quoting David, many afflictions are of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers us from some of them. What does it say? All of them. All of them. So we're going to have struggles. We're going to have afflictions. We're going to have problems. Let's read a couple more verses here. Psalms verse 50, Psalm chapter 56, verse 4. Here's the answer. In God, in God, I didn't say it twice to repeat myself. The verse did. In God, I have put my trust. Who's your trust in tonight? Your job? Your government? Anything else but him? In God, I will put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me? Another version says, what can man do to me? You know what that means? Can I break that down for you? You know what that means? If you're a true believer in Christ, you can lose everything. You can lose your bank account. You can lose your health. You can lose your family. You can lose all kinds of things. But you can't lose your salvation. That's what Job understood. Lots and lots of thousands of years ago. Before the book of Genesis was even written, Job understood that. He understood that he lost his wife. Matter of fact, he didn't just lose her. She looked at him and said, why don't you curse God? That's what she told him. Why don't you curse God? And his kids died. His house was destroyed. He lost everything he had, and he had a lot to lose. He was wealthy. And he's sitting there, and not only that, after losing everything... He's sitting in a pile of ashes with boils on his body and all kinds of infections. And that's when he could have said, what's up, God? But he said, though you kill me, I will trust you. And he was on the verge of death. He was right there. He said, but I will trust you. Because he said, I understand that, and he, and he quotes this later, and we use this a lot of time at fun- funerals. He says, but I understand that you are my redeemer and you will redeem me from death and I will live again. How many understand that this is not this world's not all we have? Is anybody thankful tonight that this world's not all we have? We have something to look forward to called heaven. And I started that off in that series talking about John and Jesus and we're going to mention it over and over again cuz I want us to realize this isn't it. Many mansions are in my house that I go to prepare for you. Amen? And so he's preparing a place for us, but we don't worry about what's going on on this earth because if I lose everything here, I'm still saved. You can't, he's saying, you can't take my salvation away from me. So you can take all those things. And how many know that would change your perspective tonight? 
You're going to look at life different if you don't think that your money or your house or your possessions or even your family is what makes you happy. And if those things make you happy and God doesn't, then you need a heart transformation. Because God wants to become everything to you. How many know that, I don't have these in the thing, but in the book of Exodus, there's many times over and over again where it goes, the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. This is a fixed fight. How many remember that? This is a fixed fight. It's already won. The Lord is a warrior, the Bible says. The Lord is his name. What did Daniel do? And then we got one more verse after this as I close. What did Daniel do when he went into that lion's den? You talk about, you got to talk about scary. But he had to trust God as, he, as he's going down in the, that, that lion's den. He has to trust God and say, God, I know you got this. You're in control. You're going to protect me. Look at all the stories in the Bible where God brought these people out. He brought them through. But you know, you know what our problem is sometimes? We look at like the Red Sea, and we go, oh, that was the Red Sea. But we don't think that God can part a Red Sea today. Or we don't realize when he does it that he just parted a Red Sea. How many have had God part some Red Seas for you? How many have had God deliver you from some lions? Amen? How many had God do some miraculous things in your life? Maybe so many that you can't even remember them all. Can't even count them all. Because God is so faithful, so powerful, and so awesome. He's, as that song says, he's mighty to save. Amen? As the musicians begin to come, I want to read one more verse. Isaiah chapter 43. This should be our theme of our lives. Lord, you who created everything Jacob, you who formed Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. Leave that up there for a second. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Church, can you realize tonight that God knows your name? God knows everything about you. He's called you. He loves you. He, he's protecting you. He's not going to let anything happen to you that is not inside of his will. Can we get to a place where we trust God's will? And we say, God, I know you're in control of an accident, of a loss, of sickness, of a job tr- uh, change, whatever it is. You're in control, God. You're in control. When we let God be in control, great things happen. When we put our hands on the wheel and we try to take control, bad things happen. So the quicker we learn to take our hands off of things and let God take over, the quicker God moves. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Look at this next part. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Now leave this up. I want us to look at this for a second. Do you realize again, just like every, how many know that all these verses are in different places, but they're all saying the same thing. You're going to pass through rivers. You're going to go through high waters. You're going to go through fires. Did you notice he didn't say if you pass through the waters? He didn't say if. He said when. So you're going to pass through waters. 
So if we're going to go through struggles and trials, the quicker we realize we're going to go through struggles and trials, the quicker we're going to be victorious as we go through them because we're going to say, God, you're going to take me through this just like you took me through the last one and just like you took me through the one before that. You new converts, you have something to look forward to. It's called experience. Age. Time. Time, age, and experience. You have, you have that to look forward to if you'll stay in the race. Because one thing we've got to understand is, we read it Sunday, He who endures to the end shall be saved. There's a lot of people who quit. But the quicker you realize, I'm going to go through some struggles. Struggles part of life. Dangers part of life. Sickness is part of life. Lack is part of life. Struggles part of life. Problems and strife are part of life. The quicker you realize that, the quicker you're going to realize God's got this. Because if you're focusing on the fact that you're in the water and you're going, God, why am I in the water? And God's going to say, why not? When did I ever say you weren't going to be in the water? Where, show me in my word where I said you weren't going to be in the water. God, it's hot in here right now. God's going to say, did I ever tell you you wouldn't go through the fire? Am I telling the truth? Show me some scriptures. Do you notice that every scripture I just read showed safety and refuge and protection in the fire, through the situation? Lightness in the dark, but he never said you're going to be on, a, on an elevator above everybody else. You're going to be on an escalator going up while everybody else is going by. He says you're going to go through this life, but I've got you. How many know God's got you tonight? How many are thankful God's got us tonight? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. When you walk through that fire, you shall not be burned or the flame shall scorch you. The bigger the struggle, the bigger the miracle, the bigger the testimony. But the longer you whine about it, the longer you cry about it, the longer you complain about it, the longer you miss out on the fact that God is doing something, the longer you're going to have to wait to see the, 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 the miracle happen. So I say tonight, God, help me know every time. Help me believe every time. Help me express every time. You've got this. God, you've got this. You've got this. Your hand is on us. Your mighty right hand is upon us. Your protection is all around us. Thank you, Jesus, for your protection. Thank you for giving us a peace tonight that passes all understanding. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no struggle. There is no financial crisis. There is no violence. There is nothing in this world that can take away the peace of God, that can take away the salvation of God. Father, we thank you tonight for your divine protection, your supernatural protection. There's no other way to explain, God, how someone walks out of a vehicle unscathed when they should be dead. There's no way to explain how a bus turns a corner when the steering doesn't work. There's no way to explain how a bus stops when there's no brakes. 
There's no way to explain it, God, because you're a supernatural God and you love your people and you love to prove yourself to us. All over this place tonight as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, would you let some faith arise in you? Would you, would you allow faith to come upon you and fill you up over your doubt? You may be facing financial struggle. You may be facing difficulties. You may be facing bad news. But I got good news for you. The bad news is wrong. God is in control. God is on the throne. God is on the move. Church, God is on the move tonight. Even though it seems like things are coming on my left and coming on my right, the Bible says they'll fall right in front of me. They'll die. They'll be destroyed. God will defeat our enemies on every side. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you don't know this protector tonight. You don't know the master. You don't know the king. You don't know the Lord, Jesus. Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Tonight you can know him. You can accept Him. You can be saved. You can be born again, and you can have the faith and the trust to know that God is in control. How many tonight, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, will lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me tonight. I don't know Jesus. All across this place, I don't know Jesus. I'm not saved. I want to be born again tonight. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life all over this place. Maybe you're watching online, listening on the podcast. Maybe it's the first time you've ever watched, ever heard someone shared this with you. You don't know Jesus tonight. We're going to say a prayer, a Bible prayer of salvation. And God is going to change your life in an instant, in a moment. You're going to be transformed and become a new creation. Before we stand tonight, I want everybody in this place to repeat this prayer after me. We're going to go offline in a second, and we're going to have some time of prayer at the altar. But I want everyone to say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus. I know that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. You're the master of this world. You're the creator. I need your help tonight because without you I'm lost. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you came down from heaven, lived a perfect life on this earth, became a perfect sacrifice for all my sins. Jesus, forgive me tonight for everything I've ever done. I also believe you rose from the dead and you conquered death so I can live forever. Wash me clean with your precious blood. From this day forward, you're going to be Lord of my life and I'm going to follow you I'm going to take up my cross, deny myself, and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we stand tonight, let's give the Lord a big hand for those that said this prayer tonight, possibly online, listening on the podcast. Amen. I want to open up the altar tonight. I want